there's three main questions that I always tell people to start off with. Why do you want to make the podcast, which to me is the most important? Who's going to listen? And you got to be unique. So you have to come up with, with your own uniqueness. This is Oversharing with Mikhail Alphon. Our guest today lives and breathes audio. After leaving the manufacturing industry, he decided to chase his passion for music. And after graduating the Trevis Institute in Montreal, Quebec, he accepted an opportunity to work at the legendary Mushroom Studios. It was there that he received the Fred Sherratt Award by Music Counts. And in 2017, he started his podcast producing company, Mike Me Audio, which has helped entrepreneurs like Gary Vaynerchuk, Brittany Crystal, and of course me produce their shows. He's also the host of the Podcast Mix, a show that helps launch and grow their own podcast. But before I speak too much, let's allow Nick Perry to overshare. How you doing, Nick? How's it going, Mick? So happy to be here. It's a long time coming, so I can't I can be happier. I think one of the most interesting things about this is that we were saying before we started recording, I don't think I've like seen your face live. Yeah. Before now. Yeah, it is. It's funny because I don't have a lot of pictures of myself out there. And so uh, whenever I meet somebody who I've met online, it's another experience for everybody. Yeah, it's definitely really cool. And I feel like I'm already like really good friends with you. So I'm excited for this to be natural. But as close as I feel like we are, we've been working together for almost two years. Like I don't have a lot of the origin story from you. And as you know, uh, I love to start these podcasts with asking what the guest was like in high school. So Nick, what was it like for you in high school? You know what? This is one of my favorite questions that you ask. And you ask it the beginning of every single episode. I, in high school, was quite a shy, quiet, timid person. A lot of social anxiety, but still had that confidence, you know? All I wanted to do was just get in there, see my good core group of friends, and really not kind of socialize too, too much. That's in the very beginning. As time goes on, you know, I start loosening up as a person. Still very timid, still very shy, but... uh, managed to float around and and make a lot of friends with everybody. I didn't really have one kind of crew that I hung around with. Played on the football team, but I also played bass in the jazz band, which are two, you know, kind of opposite things to be doing typically in high school. Uh, As a student, not the greatest, subpar at best, just wasn't interested for the most part. So I just kind of flew by under the radar, did what I needed to just to graduate and ended up failing biology in the last year, not graduating. I had to go complete that credit, I guess, either over the summer or in the next year. Now, in Ontario here, at that time, we had what was called OAC. Don't remember what it's called, what it stood for, but you would do your four years, your standard four years, and then they give you an option to come back and do an optional fifth year. And that was just to pick up any kind of credits that you needed to go on to what you wanted to do. So it wasn't the biggest deal, but I essentially failed high school, you know, um, <clears throat> and I was planning to do that anyways. So I did. I went back and and uh, and fixed it all up and, and graduated the year after. Mm. In a nutshell, just, just the quiet guy floating around, not making anybody mad, you know, just being friends. What year did you graduate high school? That's a great question. Uh, it would have been... What age do we Eight, graduate when, at? Do you remember? When we're 18, or at least in the States. I don't know if it's any different. I guess, yeah, when we're 18, 19, yeah. So I'm 33 now. So like 05. 
06, somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay, perfect. I didn't realize that yeah. we were the same age. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. See, we're yeah. we're already learning new things about each other. So we're, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you did Amazing. you did have this passion for music, and I've noticed a lot of like jazz, like a lot of jazz players, like that's a different type of understanding and appreciation. You know, necessarily, you know, potentially the person that loves punk rock or hip hop or something like that. On its surface, that's actually not a very fair thing to say because there's a ton of artists who are very deep into very different types of music regardless of what they actually produce and put out. What were some of the other types of music that you were into at the time? I'm a music lover, first and foremost. There's really nothing that I can't at least understand and get into. I'll start with what I don't really choose to listen to, and that would be, you know, like classical. Mm. Other than that, I'll listen to everything. By far, my favorite genre is hip-hop. That's the one that's kind of... I've consistently listened to over the years, never stopped listening to it. But other than that, punk rock, love metal, even pop. I think pop today, like right now, pop is an amazing place and everything really is really, really well made. So I guess hip hop and rock, anything with an edge to it. You know what I mean? I like edgy music. I like a little bit of aggression behind it, right? So standout artists, my favorite artists in hip hop, well, there's so many, the Wu-Tang Clan, Going back, currently I'm listening to a lot of Odyssey. If you've ever heard of Odyssey, don't know. I don't think I have. O-D-D-I-S-E-E. Amazing lyricist, amazing songwriter. Um, and if I'm listening to metal, Kill Switch Engage. Hell yeah. I love Kill Switch Engage. Dude, that's so awesome. I was just listening to Kill Switch Engage uh, not too long ago, the album with um, My Last Serenade on it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, like that was back when we were like freshmen in high school, like 14, 15 years old. And when I start thinking about the fact that I was listening to that 18 years ago, I start to like, it starts to really date. Like I'm dating myself in that moment and I yeah. and I hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen them live like three times, two or three times, all with the second singer there. Mm, right? right. I can't remember his name. I think it was George or something like that. But yeah, I mean, I was, I think first year college going, I went to college in Windsor for manufacturing and then I would go over to Detroit to see all the really good concerts, right? So right away I'm back in Detroit in this little, I guess it wasn't little, it was a fair size, probably thousand two thousand people listening to kill switch engage nice and then only to do it the year after and stuff like that it's amazing yeah you started working in the manufacturing business for a little bit i don't know if we have to like touch on that too much but i kind of want to talk about the transition from the manufacturing business over to getting into audio engineering like what was the straw that broke the horse's back and got you to want to finally jump ship into pursuing your passion well a good place to start with that is i've always wanted to be an audio engineer and a producer. I remember in, you know, like civics class or whatever class you go into in high school, like grade nine, and start talking about your future career and stuff like that. I was always looking into audio engineering and, produ- and production and stuff like that. So it's always been there. I also interned in a, in a recording studio for a summer when I was 16. So right in the middle of high school, it's always been there. It got to a point where it was time to decide. And I'm thinking to myself, and I've got all these outside voices, all caring voices, my parents and my friends and all that stuff, talking to me about the difference between doing something like, something creative like audio engineering and production and music and something a little more traditional, right? Right. I think I, I, think I went into manufacturing like to, to try it almost. Just, just kind of be like, okay, you know, the people who care about me, they're kind of guiding me this way. I'm going to go, I'm going to go and do it. And so I went and I spent, I don't know, four or five years. I was in manufacturing. I was 
it was at very least extremely interesting for me because I was manufacturing orbital satellite components. <laughs> the the parts I, I was making were were insane, and they would they were parts of small assembly. What they would do is they you'd have whatever a twenty million dollar satellite, and then they would sub out parts of it to all these different machine shops and keep everything secret. And so it was actually really really interesting. I was in a very niche part of it in EDM machining, which is electronic discharge machine. I'm not going to get too, too much into it, but it was at very least very interesting. Um, but it was also extremely technical. And for a creative person, it doesn't compute, right? Halfway through that whole thing, I started buying my own audio equipment. I would spend my day working in the machine shop only to get home and spend the rest of the day and night to the middle of the night on my audio equipment, making just noise, crappy noise, whatever, kind of just wanting to produce stuff, right? And it got to a point where I was sitting in the machine shop realizing how essentially unhappy I was with my life and what I was doing. You know, it's one of those things where I would sit up out of bed in the morning and right away be like, oh, I don't want to go through this day, right? I eventually said, well, I've got to, I've got to change that then because this can't be the rest of my life. I'm like 22, right? 23, What's the rest of my life hold for me like this? I decided at 24, I decided to make the switch. What I did was I started approaching it the same way I approached it the first time. I would call up recording studios and ask for an internship. That's what I did at 16. And they were all like, yeah, sure, let's go. But this time around, I found that things had changed. You know, you don't get into creative industry and music and stuff like that. (laughs) <laughs> for, for the amount of jobs there are, right? What the music industry started to do, because the studios are trying to find work too, well, all the studios started writing their own courses. All of a sudden, you have all these different schools that pop up. So I'm calling them and I'm saying, I just, you know, I want to come in and intern. And they're saying, well, what school did you go to? I think to myself, well, <laughs> you don't go to school for this. I just show up, hang around and eventually move through, right? Yeah. That's the historical way of doing that. But no, I got a roadblock every single time. You got to go to school just to get an internship. So I did it uh, from 24 to 25. I worked, you know, three jobs, the machining job. I worked at uh, a ribbon wings place part-time. And then I was a ski lift operator. I love snowboarding. So the ski lift operated when I wasn't at the restaurant, right? Saved up to go back to school, saved up to pay off, you know, outstanding loans. And at 25, quit, didn't look back and uh, went back to school. It's the third time heading back to school. So... <laughs> Um, and this time around, high school didn't go great, wasn't interested. I did a ton of schooling for the manufacturing, a little more interesting, but didn't really excel too, too much. I went back to school for audio engineering, and turns out I just need to be interested in the topic because I'm scoring you know, top of my class, graduating 97 overall, and and uh, had an internship within a week of graduating, so... That was kind of how the whole transition happened, right? It's interesting what happens when you actually start focusing your attention on something you're interested in. Yeah. And how and how much more successful you are when you put your focus there. 100%. There's nothing like it. I think right now is an interesting time to talk about podcasting. There's There's actually a part of me that thinks to myself, well, as we're in quarantine, and to the listener, we're recording this on… April 16th, 2020, and we're one month in, in California anyways, uh, to the quarantining due to coronavirus, right? And there's a part of me that's like, now's a really great time to start a podcast because, you know, there's a lot more people consuming content. People have more time for it. 
on the other hand, I also think to myself, well, there's not a lot of people commuting. So maybe some of the podcast listenership has gone down. Who knows? But at the end of the day, I do think that it's a great opportunity for people to start creating content. And for me, creating a podcast has actually been the easiest thing for me to do. From your lens, Nick, can you talk a little bit about the opportunity right now for audio content in regard to the fact that, you know, what does the space look like? The time spent on podcasts or the fact that it's like unregulated content. Like I think a, a lot of those points are are really heavy and I'd love to get your two cents on it. The industry is still very much in its infancy, right? We're going back. It's been around for, for decades, but as we know it today and, and how accessible it is today, we're going back only about 10 years. And that's very, very young for, for any industry. What we tend to see then is there is a lot of space, you know? The barrier to entry is very low because anybody can do it, right? There's nobody saying you have to do this, that, and the other thing to start a podcast. And that also touches on the unregulated nature of it. If you have something to say, then you should go and say it because nobody's going to stop you from doing that. And all you need is some basic recording equipment, the internet, a Zoom account, and, uh, you know, a little bit of technical savvy. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there truly is no better time to start a podcast. It's the age of information. And people now more than ever just want to just take in information. And podcasts are perfect for that because, I mean, there's all different types of f- formats. There's everything from the audio drama, which is like a, like a radio play. It's like a story, like fictional. There's um, people like hobbyists talking about like Spider-Man and, and Darth Vader in their basement just having fun. You know, there's companies and businesses using it as an extension of their brand for marketing and to establish credibility and to interact with their their audiences and their client base, essentially. Companies are also using them as sort of newsletters, you know. I work with, uh, I work with a great company who's producing their podcast and sending it out just to the company. It's a huge company in the energy sector and they're just, they just pump it out and it's, you know, like, current news in the in the industry, right? I mean, anybody can listen to it, but that that's kind of their goal. And then there's people building literal courses, you know, to, to teach people a new set of skills or, you know, skill sets and stuff like that. It is unregulated. You can literally do and say whatever you want, except for using copyrighted material, which goes without say, like you couldn't put, uh, you know, Bruno Mars song in this and, and expect it to, to be okay um, because it would, it would literally be breaching, you know, copyright. Right. That's exactly what it is. You can swear. Nobody's going to stop you from swearing. You can have extreme opinions about something, uh, which isn't always a bad thing. You can voice those opinions and there's people who's gonna, who are going to relate to it and they're going to want to listen and they'll listen, right? The opportunity to start a podcast is is never going to be better. I think it's going to get harder and harder over the years. Yeah. As bigger companies, we're already seeing, you know, big multi-billion dollar and million dollar companies coming into the space and dumping all their money in, which is, you know, it's essentially going to take a little bit of space. All the celebrities are coming in, right? Which is, again, this is all great. I'm not, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but it's just going to slowly get harder and harder. Contrary to that, however, I don't think there's ever going to be a shortage of audience for your podcast, whatever that may be. It's just reaching them, right? With all the noise, Podcasts kind of go hand in hand with social media. With all the noise, it's it's just hard to to get exposure for your podcast, right? So 
now's the time to jump in and, and, and go for it. A hundred percent. There's so many different channels that somebody can promote that. And that's definitely something that I want to touch a little bit on. Uh, we have some questions from Instagram actually on how to promote the podcast, things like this. But before we get into that, you work with a lot of entrepreneurs, personal, like people building personal brands and professionals in launching their podcasts from the production side. And then, you know, I know that you're involved with a lot of your clients and a lot of your partners. Have you seen anybody really pop off and like really gain a lot of popularity because of the fact that they started their podcast? Having an audience already there is by far the best way to promote your podcast. So if you've got a solid mailing list, and well, to speak to the fact that I work with entrepreneurs and stuff like that, a lot of the entrepreneurs and small businesses and the marketing teams, they want to they want to talk about very valuable things, which is, is what I like you know, to, to listen to on my own, right? The, the fact that they're doing that is, in my opinion, one of the best things about podcasting because these these are the people who want to teach and they want to give back. They want to pay it forward and they want to better the world and they want to better their own lives and stuff like that. But we all know how busy entrepreneurs are and marketing teams and stuff like that. Um, and so that's where I saw sort of the place to serve. I could save them a ton of time on their podcast and they can still do what they want their podcast to do. That's that's something that's definitely helped me out quite a bit is just the time spent on editing it. And it's funny, sometimes it's just the brain space of of getting there and doing it. I like to be, you know, you've offered on multiple occasions to help publish it and promote it, like those types of things. But I still like to be very involved with that just so that like I have a pulse on what goes on to like make that work. I don't know if I've completely hacked or figured out how to, you know, actually grow a podcast, right? Um, it's basically just using all the other social channels and all the other channels I have. You've worked with people like Brittany Crystal. You I, At one point you did the intro for like Gary Vaynerchuk You've definitely seen some like success in some places. Is there anything that stand that has stood out to you in the last couple of years and maybe what that person did to gain a little bit more success from their podcast? Aside from having a built-in audience, which is a, is a giveaway, and you have built-in audiences on your mailing list, your social media and all that stuff, those are always really a lot easier to get going. If you're starting cold, and I think this is probably what you're trying to get to because it's definitely the hardest thing. You've got to really nurture it. You've really got to be loud about it. You got to pull out all the stops. You got to do everything. You got to hit every social media platform and you've got to be consistent every single day. And you've got to be interacting with your audience on these platforms and stuff like that. Starting Facebook groups centered around your podcast for your podcast listeners to get together and, and, and talk with each other and just you form that community. Is is one of the one of the better ways to do it. One of the best ways to do it would definitely be to do what we're doing here. Some of the guests you bring on your show, they have their own podcast, right? What that will allow them to do is to share your podcast to their audience, right? And that'll bring a little bit of people over to your podcast as well, right? So the best thing to do is to be a guest on someone's podcast and ask them to be a guest on your podcast. And then you just cross-share to your audiences and you'll kind of grow a little bit that way, right? And then and then there's word of mouth. You know, some people might think, well, you're taking listeners away from me. And it's, it's no, that's not happening because the only reason people are listening to these shows is, are, are for, you know, Mikhail, your voice and how you present it, right? And then, but the other person's audience wants to listen to them. You know, they connect with them. And it doesn't matter if you can connect with both. 
You know what I mean? You'll listen to both, right? So that I think is probably the the, the best way to do it. And uh, that's as simple as, again, social media, you have access to, to everybody you need to on social media. And you just, you just reach out, DM them, email them, call them, whatever, <laughs> whatever, yeah, whatever form of uh, contact they have out there, just say, hey, and approach them. And, and this is the thing. The other thing about podcasting is when you approach somebody to ask them to be on your podcast, what you're asking is valuable to them, right? You're not asking something from them. They're going to be able to come on and talk about what they're doing, which is valuable to them, right? It's the easiest thing to do. And it's not uncomfortable. You just ask somebody to come on your podcast. They and, love it. Yeah. No, nobody's. I've never asked, like I've asked some pretty cool people, I feel like. Nobody's ever been like, nah, I don't want to do that. They're all very open to it. Yeah. 100%. And if you want to go behind the scenes, like if I'm working in audio and uh, I want to talk to producers and engineers and songwriters, like some of these, it doesn't matter if these people have worked on uh, Lady Gog and all that stuff. They're going to come on because they're they're accessible and they love it. They'll be able to talk about it when they don't normally get to talk about it. So Exactly. They, there's almost nothing better than to ask somebody to talk to, about themselves for a little bit and they're, they're down. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, 100%. To the person that might want to start a podcast, can you give us like a brief overview of how they can start it at home? It is very simple. There's a few things that people look over sometimes in the beginning. Pre-planning. You want to plan it. Before you do anything, you want to be able to laser focus in on something, right? There's three main questions that I always tell people to start off with. Why do you want to make the podcast? Which to me is the most important because that's going to set the framework to help you stay on track and to help you keep delivering the content that people started to listen to you for. Uh, who's going to listen? And this is just, that'll sort of build on the why. It's like, you know, literally digging out a demographic. Are they males 16 to 24? You know what I mean? Like you actually have to give them a profile. Where, what do they do? Where do they work? Where are they in the world? You know what I mean? If uh, they're within a company, you know, like, what regions do they have headquarters in and stuff like that? And you got to be unique. So you have to come up with, with your own uniqueness. Why are people going to listen to you? That's going to start with the host or hosts, right? People are going to fall in love with their personalities. To go over and above and solidify that, you want to have some sort of uniqueness thing to it, right? Um, like I'm actually about to start one with with Laura, my girlfriend. <laughs> I love that. She's a, an actress. We want to start a podcast that addresses other creative people living a creative lifestyle or even an entrepreneurial lifestyle because it is an alternate lifestyle. It's not the, tr the traditional, you know, things get, the timeline is kind of skewed compared to what the most of society is doing, which can be, as we all know, I think a lot of our entrepreneurs who listen it can mess with your mind and it can it can be mm -hmm. difficult and you can mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of highs a lot of lows our unique point that we want to do is we also have a lot of friends that live this lifestyle so we want to focus in on the relationships between two creatives right two people living a creative lifestyle or the relationship between where one person is living a creative lifestyle and the other is living a more traditional lifestyle which that poses issues as well. So, you know, we did a lot of research on this and we came to find out that there's no one really looking at how living a creative lifestyle or an entrepreneurial lifestyle or an alternate lifestyle affects 
relationships, right? So that's where you want to start. You want to start with those three questions because that's going everything will fall into line after that. And then you've got to start thinking about your branding because you want to get some buzz going. And that's why I, I go to the branding next because you got you want to have colors, you want to have some graphics, you want to set up your, your Instagram accounts, you want to set up the, the places where your community is going to, going to go to, right? So that you can start sending buzz out. You get your intro and outro done. You can, you can, uh, you know, play that on your, on your social media feeds and you can start generating a little bit of buzz, but not only for the buzz, but when you start to submit to like iTunes and Spotify and all that stuff, they're going to need the, the cover art and stuff like that. And you're going to have to have your intro and outro done in order to get approved on all those things. So branding would be next. And then you've got to figure out the format. Is it going to be an interview podcast? Is it going to be a solo podcast? One person talking on, on the microphone? Are you going to be traveling to remote locations? You, you want to figure out sort of the format of it for no, no other reason than to... Well, I guess there's a couple of reasons. But the, the first one for sure is to figure out what equipment you need. Right. If you're going to be traveling to remote locations, you know, like my setup here, I've got a laptop, an interface, and a big boom microphone here. That's not going to work to travel. Or, I mean, you could make it work, but it'll be a lot, a lot more difficult. So what you want to do is you want to have a standalone recorder, a little unit. You just go wherever you want with it, bring your microphone, plug it in, and it will record to a memory card, and then you can just pull it off later. There's one called like Zoom or something like that, where it's literally just a little device that has a microphone in it, right? That's it. So the Zooms, and if you're going to do this, go get a Zoom. If you need to go remote remote and record stuff, get a Zoom. They're definitely the best to go with. They have all different models. They'll also double as an interface. I was talking uh, about my interface here, which is what allows me to record into my computer and, and over Zoom and stuff like that. The better models will, will double as an interface as well. So you can go and travel with it. It's got built-in microphones, two of them, and then you can bring it back. And if you want to do a Zoom call, you can hook it up to your computer and you can use that to uh, to plug your microphones in and, and, and get everything going. So, you know, that versatility, um, you can only figure out if you need that versatility once you figure out the format. And while people are at home too, I mean, that Zoom, I feel as if you can really start it if you wanted just recording straight into your computer into like GarageBand or uh, or Audition or something like that, right? They give you some pretty decent equipment to start doing that. Yeah, and there's USB microphones which plug straight into your computer. Mm-hmm. And then it's even you know more simpler. Now there's problems with it as you start to grow and you want to do more with it, but it's definitely a great place to start if uh, you just want to test it out for you know, 60, 70 bucks. You can get whatever, a blue Yeti, it goes right in your computer. If you're on a Mac, you got GarageBand already there. If you're on PC, there's a software called Audacity. It's free. You download it, you can record. There's a ton of, of options out there for, for equipment. When it comes to hosting the podcast, so now somebody's like, you know, they have their, they have like their ethos of what they're actually going to be producing. They've gotten that $70 microphone, that Yeti. And even like, I even tell guests sometimes like, hey, like just use your, plug in your headphones with a microphone and that typically picks up pretty well. Are there any hosting platforms that you recommend to actually get the podcast produced and published to, to like iTunes and Spotify and things like that? Uh, yeah, uh, we're a huge fan of Libsyn. Uh, I don't know if, if you've heard of Libsyn. Have you heard of Libsyn? I don't know if that was a layup for Libsyn or not, but I host my podcast on Libsyn. And like, I yeah. saw that you you edit, produce uh, Libsyn's podcast too. No big deal. Right. You, you know what? I completely forgot about that. There's. I'm actually not really, I'm not affiliated with, with Libsyn. Like I'm not like on, on any kind of thing here. 
uh, I just really enjoy the service. You know what I mean? And I've gotten to know them a little bit. But um, but yeah, Libsyn is is my go-to. Uh, but I also use Blueberry for for clients. I'll go you know I'll go into Blueberry for clients. I'll go into one called it's called I think it's called TriCast, and it's T R Y dot or T R Y C dot A S T. I think it's a weird kind of uh, uh, web web address. But uh, there's TriCast, um, SoundCloud would do it. Um, you've got to go and upgrade to the paid version if you want to do that because you'll be capped on how much you can put out there. Podbean is one of them. There's a there's a, a a bunch of them. There's a lot out there, and they all do it well. They all do exactly what you yeah, need. Yeah, I feel like you know from some of the experiences that I've had, Libsyn has been one of the more easy ones for me, just because it has you know you can easily push to Spotify, you can easily push push to Apple. There was some hiccup that I ran into with SoundCloud, and that was but that was really easy when I got started. But there was some hiccup whether it was pushing to iTunes or Spotify or something like that. Maybe I couldn't push to Spotify. I can't really remember. But there was a good reason as to why I transferred over. We have a bunch of questions actually from Instagram, and I would love to um, get your two cents on some of these questions that come in. Yeah, let's do it rapid fire. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So the first question that comes in here is, and we've kind of addressed this a little bit, but once you start your podcast, Caitlin actually asks, "What are some ways to get your podcast out there if you just started?" And so we talked about you know getting guests on there and potentially having uh, sharing that. But do you have any other strategies that you can get new listeners onto a podcast? Getting into Facebook groups that uh, deal with the topic of your podcast. So you say your, your podcast is on Spider-Man. Well, there's Spider-Man Facebook groups out there. There's Spider-Man subreddits out there. There's uh, there's already communities on social media talking about the topic that you want to do your podcast on. So just go jump in there and be a part of the community, right? Yeah. Soon enough, you'll be able to talk about your podcast in some way, shape, or form. That's an amazing place to start. Get guests on. I can't speak highly enough about that. You can go and get a little more into, a little more hardcore with it and approach maybe digital magazines, online magazines that deal with superheroes and stuff like that and get them to to, to talk about your podcast, right? Right. It really is a creative thing to do. The more creative you can get, the better. There's... Again, and and there's nobody stopping you from approaching any one person or any community or any group and and you know raising awareness about your podcast. So I love that hack with the Facebook groups. I think that's so solid because there are a ton of groups there that really have anything dog walking groups, like you know uh, something for everybody. The, like there's, there's there's no limit to what's on. Yeah, hundred percent. So Ron Marklevitz actually asked here, uh, how do you prep yourself and scheduled guests? So for you, are, do you have guests on your uh, on your podcast yet? There's no guests on my podcast. The reason for that one is to literally walk someone through starting a podcast. Mm-hmm. So it's more of like a like an online course kind of thing. It's it's don't worry, I'm not be making anybody pay for it, but mine's a solo thing. Sure. I think that that is an interesting one to touch on because it's relatively easy for me to like maybe talk to somebody and jam off their energy to produce a podcast. Yeah. But when I do the ones on my own, it's really difficult. So what are some of the processes that you have to produce a podcast if you don't have a guest? Yeah, that's a good point. I write those ones because I want it to go in a very specific order. It can be a lot of steps to start a podcast. And so when I started developing that one, I wanted it to be a step, almost like a step-by-step process. So I ended up writing it because I didn't want to get in there, spend 25, 30 minutes recording and find out I missed something, right? And I got to go 
jig it back in. So I ended up writing it. It essentially started reading it. Um, now, there is something to be said about reading for a podcast. You've got to read it in a specific way so that it doesn't sound robotic and red. But that's definitely one of the ways that you can do a solo podcast is write, just write the, write the whole show. Um, and then you can, you can either follow it word for word, or you can just use it as to, to touch on as you're going. Or like I said, like I'm, I'm not a big talker in, in, in high school, I didn't talk a whole lot. So I got a lot less talking experience. <laughs> so I, I'm, I tried, I tried to get on the mic and just start going and I realized it wasn't going to work for me. But if that's something that works for you, do it, just turn on the mic and go. You know what I mean? There's, that's an amazing way to do a podcast. So um, and to go into scheduling and prepping yourself when you're doing an interview podcast and, you know, Mick, you do this all the time. You probably, I mean, you know a lot about this as well. Work ahead. Talking about the one I'm about to start, we've already got a gigantic list of, of people we want to have on as guests. And we've even started to figure out when they're going to come on, right? Specifically with this one, they're creative people and they're, they're, they're working on projects and they're creating stuff and they're releasing uh, you know, music or their release, their, their opening night for their play is coming up. So we want to work or work with that so that they can come on and talk about it when it's relevant. Right. Yeah. So that it goes out and everybody can go and, and, and see that show or listen to that song. Pre-planning is the name of the game when it comes to the content. Yeah. And then what we're going to end up doing after that is we're going to end up scheduling these people. Right. Now we can't go too, too far in the scheduling we might do i don't know two three in advance we haven't really got there yet but we will definitely be scheduling these people in um so if you're doing a solo you can write it down you can go off the top of your head you can use cue cards talking points whatever works for you will work that's how you prep yourself for that mm. if you're doing interviews oh another thing with interviews and uh, mick is really good at this he sent me a, a sort of a list of talking points of what we're going to be touching on which really helps the guest because, you know, it can be nerve wracking for somebody to, to jump in front of a mic if they're not used to it. It's, it's kind of an odd thing. If they have sort of the framework of how the show is going to flow, they're going to enter in way more comfortable. Yeah, right? 100%. That's such a big deal too. Like I used to just go kind of by the seat of my pants and it's how I do a lot of things. Actually, not anymore, but coming down to like just at least having a brief outline of the questions that you're going to ask and the topics that you're going to talk about is so helpful for both parties because it's easy to go off on tangents and lose the point. And then in addition to that too, just that like little peace of mind for your guests, like it helps a lot. You want you want the guests to feel prepared and I, or at least feel like they're the star of the show, right? So like as I'm talking too much while you're the guest on mine. Um, I love it. But… It's great. But my point is, as somebody who who traditionally did not like to plan things out, that has been such a great hack for me to create a better interview. One question that I actually really like here is from Cody Bennett. And he actually asked, how often should you be posting new episodes? 100% up to you. The one thing you want to focus on is be consistent. So it doesn't matter when you post or how much you post, as long as you can show up every single week at the same time. Mm. That's that's really the answer there. So if you if you want to do release on Mondays, uh, make sure that you can record it, produce it, and release it comfortably. Right? You want you want it to go on for a while. So if you find yourself scrambling and you're like, oh my god, this is really stressful, you you've got to change something. You've got to change it so that you are comfortably releasing your episodes on the same day. 
it might take a couple of episodes, a couple of weeks to figure that out, which is fine. You know, take that time because you want it to last a long time and you want it and you want to enjoy it. The other problem with doing it in a stressful way is you're just going to give up. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to stick with it. So if you want to stick with it, make sure you can deliver consistently and happily. Make sure you're happy and having fun. A hundred percent. You know, it's funny. I failed in my consistency <laughs> uh, between December and basically uh, March. I think it, weird times. And this is a question. Like honestly, I, I, I'm asking. Like I, I think I've recorded maybe ten episodes in the last two weeks. Right. I haven't gotten them all over to you or anything like that. And to the listener who hasn't picked up on this yet, Nick, uh, <laughs> Nick helps me produce my podcast. But anyways, I was thinking of just producing all those, edit all those. I feel bad because I'm sending you so many so frequently and then just releasing them as they're done without a schedule. Like committing to Thursdays, I used to do Thursdays, committing to Thursdays did become stressful for me. But for some reason, I feel like, sweet, this is done, get it edited, push it out. Like that feels a little bit better. What are your thoughts on not having like a regular schedule and just pushing it as it comes? It just comes down to what works for you. I mean, there's always going to be outliers essentially. Like some people work really well on on the schedule like that. Other people may not work as well on a schedule and they want it to be a little more freer, you know, mm-hmm. which is totally fine. You know, in your case, the consistency is coming every week. Okay. Maybe it's not on a day, which is fine, but people can expect it every week, right? There still is a level of consistency that really works. And it works so well because it works for you. There's nothing to worry about with that. It really is coming down to what works f- for you as the as the creator of the podcast. But the but the constant there is to be consistent. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Don't worry about the details. Just be consistent in the production, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Whether it's once a week, any time of the week, as long as it's once a week. If it's Monday, make it Monday. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. I love that. Are there any other best practices that you might have in regard to creating a podcast? Yeah. And it comes down to uh, getting audio quality. The content is based on the podcaster themselves, right? And everybody is unique in their own way. And they're all, and everybody's amazing. And that's, that's just going to work. It, uh, a good rule when it comes to the content is just to be yourself. Don't try to be anything else. Um, and that would be, sorry, my, uh, I don't know if you can hear that. My my Google's going off there. You have a Google Home and you don't have a I, you yeah. don't have a, an Alexa? I know. I I got it. I uh, signed up for Spotify. Uh, they sent me one for free. <laughs> what a marketing yeah. play, right? They're like, "Yeah, we need yeah. to get these off of our uh, we need to get these off of our shelves, so uh, we'll just give a bunch away." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I love it. Yeah. Um, but anyways, best practice when it comes to content, be yourself. People are going to connect to that no matter what because you're a genuine person and people love to see a genuine person. When it comes to the sound, that's where people kind of fall short sometimes if they don't educate themselves well enough. A microphone is designed to pick up and perceive sound. And it will. And it does it very, very well. So any sound you hear is going to be picked up by your microphone, right? So you want to... The best practices for when to record and how to record, stuff like that, is when is when are you going to be able to get a quiet time if you can't get a quiet space like i live on a busy road in downtown toronto i can hear all the cars going by now i can deal with that because i've been working with audio i'll be able to deal with that but to the amateur recordist or just someone just starting out they may not be able to it's going to degrade the quality of their audio the best practice there is to design a room that is free of external sound and free of 
reverb and echoes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How you do that is also dependent on the the person because if you can't pick a dedicated room, set it up with you know heavy blankets and all that stuff, well, what do you do? Well, there's things like if you're at home, unplug your fridge. Your food will mm-hmm. be fine for an hour, two hours. It'll be just don't open it too much. Turn off the the, the AC. Turn off any of the big big appliances because that'll just that rattles the whole house. And the microphones really do pick that up. It'll come up through your stand. It'll come up through your table. It'll come up through through your hand, right? So uh, make sure that you're getting a quiet environment. If you're sitting in front of your laptop and it's got a loud fan, move the laptop across the, the, the room. If you have more than one person recording, microphones are designed in a specific way. I won't go too much into it. Microphones are like this dark art. <laughs> I, I, I felt like... The urge to like <laughs> to dump everything you know about microphones in this segment. I was like, oh, we could be here for a while because this is that's your yeah. jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, micro. I went in on microphones to learn how they work. Uh, but the short of it is, is the ones that people are going to be using for podcasts. They pick up the best from the front, so they're 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 front address microphones, and they pick up the worst or the least from the very back. So if you've got someone sitting across from you, you want to make sure they're across from you. If you've got someone sitting beside you, your mic will pick it up a little more than if they were sitting across from you. So that's another big thing that I talk about is sit across from another person. Uh, That's a really good best practice to kind of follow. And then use headphones. You want to know what you're hearing. Some people, I've had clients where they just turn everything on and start recording and they end up with something that's not usable because it may have recorded but it recorded at almost zero volume and there's nothing you can do with it at that point. So you want to put on headphones and you want to know what you're hearing. I've definitely made that mistake myself a lot of times. <laughs> and it's so it's so frustrating too. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've sent a couple over to you where I'm like, dude, I don't know what happened. And then I got cocky and then I was like, I hope we can pick it up. And you've you saved it, thank goodness. But definitely frustrating to happen on the uh, on the front end, right? Yeah. You want you want auto even visual feedback is useful. Like I'm recording this locally on my machine here, and I'm looking at my velocity meter or the the levels here. I can see the the waveform, I got good, healthy waveforms. I know that I'm getting what I need, right? So um, definitely something that people might look over a couple of times. Yeah. I love that, man. You shared so many like great tips with us. I think it's really important for us to find a way to produce content. For me personally, this has definitely been the easiest one. Before we get on to like plugs and like the last question, I def- I wanted to affirm the fact that for one, I appreciate your help with everything that you've done with oversharing and the podcast. And I don't know if you're already helping me out when it was called A Day in the Life. It's gone through a couple... Day in the Life, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's gotten... gone. I remember that. I think I'm going to stick with oversharing for a little bit here. That's a great name. Thank you. I appreciate it. But man, I, I listen to some of these uh, people's shows and I think to myself... And people that you would think would have really high quality podcasts, right? I listen back and I'm like, wow, like mine sounds so much better than that. Because and that's a lot of because of the work that you put into it. So thank you for all the work that you've uh, that you've put into helping me out with mine. I now I'm addicted and I definitely can't go back. It's been one of my favorite podcasts to work on because uh, I got I, I, I got to listen to everything that I work on, and uh, that makes that a much much nicer experience when the when when the content is great and it's it's definitely my favorite podcast that I work uh, on and I'm not just saying that because I'm on your <laughs> podcast it, it it is it is I appreciate that man thank you um so 
before we move on to the last question of the day, for anybody that wants to connect with you, uh, how can they find you? Uh, you can hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Mike Me Audio. Simple. Mike Me Audio. You can get me on email, nick at mikeme.com. That's M-I-C-M-E, Mike Me. Those are great places to go. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't go anywhere else. So yeah. weird question, and I'd love to keep this on the show. We typically have plugs for you in the beginning and at the end of, and in the middle of the show. Are we going to do that again on this one? Uh, no, no, absolutely not. No. <laughs> I just think it'd be funny. It's like... <laughs> That'd be like uh, extra, extra meta. Right? Yeah, exactly. So you have your podcast editor on your podcast talking about his podcast stuff, and then a, a podcast plug comes in for that. So it's like, that'd be too much. Be it too would much. be too much at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, man, thank you again for, for everything that you shared with us today. I think, you know, anybody listening is probably very empowered to start their, start their own podcast. And of course, Nick is a great guy. I uh, can't say enough about him. So if you just shoot him an email, he'll definitely respond and uh, lead you down the right path. And I know he's down to give away some free advice. Um, and he also has an incredible service. If you are thinking of starting a podcast, definitely hit him up um, and he'll definitely uh, help you out. But uh, the last question of today, I recently found out that all of these extra tracks that I'm recording when like I'm doing an intro or something like that are actually getting saved and logged into Audition when I send you over the files. And I've realized, and I, I became very embarrassed at this moment because I say some of the crudest things ever. Like my mother would be so disappointed on my mom just got onto pod onto the Instagram. Great. But my mom would be so disappointed when she heard the things that came out of mouth when I'm on my 15th try. And you've seen me do it 15 times doing these intros. So I'm sure I'm not the only one who has done this. What is, what is one of the funniest things that you've heard uh, in somebody's bloopers that they didn't know they were sending over to you? I also work in radio. And uh, so I'm, I'm also recording people for, for radio, you know, pre-recorded radio shows or bits or whatever. And uh, you think you're crude. You get a good hardened radio guy in there. That's real crude. <laughs> and I won't bring up what you say because your mom did just sign on. And I, don't wanna, I don't want her to think less of you or anything. But there was one day we were recording a voiceover. I make commercials for radio. And uh, I'm direct, trying to get direct this voiceover artist into sort of the space I need him to be for the spot for the commercial. He's just having a lot of trouble. It's just one of those days and it happens, right? I don't know. Maybe we're, we're in 10 minutes. It's a 30 second spot. We're 10 minutes into the recording session and he's still stuck on this one thing. Well, at 10.01, there's a bit of silence. I kind of, I give a direction. I say, we need you to this, that, and the other thing. There's a bit of silence and there's just a big smash on the table. And uh, I was sitting across from him, so I watched it happen. He just kind of slowly rolled his chair back, took his headphones off, and and smashed them down on the table. And he just and he left for like ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't really say anything, but just the big bang, you know, recorded was it's it's just to hear it right, and especially in that context, I give the direction. There's some silence, and then a big bang, and then you hear the door open and close. Yeah, people get yeah when you're when you're in the mic and you're having trouble, it gets really really frustrating. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. I I feel that there's been times where I've wanted. I'm sure I've said it in those bloopers where I just want to throw my computer. You can probably tell that I'm about to throw something. It's it's definitely frustrating. Yeah, I've caught a couple of uh, cut a couple of them. I love it. I think it's funny because I, I totally understand it. Right. Yeah. I love that, man. Thank you so much to uh, 
To the listener, thank you so much for your time and attention. We really appreciate it. If you loved the episode, we would dig a five-star review. And if you didn't like the episode that much, feel free to stick it to us, but subscribe anyway because we're going to have a ton of incredible people just like Nick back on the show. Thanks again, Nick. Thanks a lot, Mick. Appreciate it. (laughs) 